Yesterday, as I sat at Trudy's memorial service, I heard many people tell of her passion for music and how she wanted all of us to share in that passion. In this same spirit, I thought that though Carmen has died, she would want her passion, her mission to live on. So given this, I've decided to give the sermon I had written before I got the news of her passing with one small change. Pre-pandemic, Dave asked me to give a report on Campbell Farm. I ended the report with the observation that many people seem to have a longing to be part of something that was doing something positive somewhere, some good in the world. I said that I did not have this longing because of the work that I was doing with Campbell Farm. So when he asked me to do the pulpit supply, he asked if I could expand on what I had said about not having this longing. And could I give some update on Campbell Farm? I said, sure. As I thought about how to approach the subject, I decided to examine it through a more inclusive question. Why sometimes when I give thanks to God, I still have an emptiness in my chest and sometimes I feel whole, complete. I'm going to share an experience I had involving Campbell Farm and from that experience, try to extrapolate an answer to the question. I would like to start with a short prayer. Will you join me? Dear Heavenly Father, may what I say and what we do be pleasing to you and be to your glory. In your Son's holy name we pray. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. I've wondered, as I've read this passage, especially during the pandemic, how many other people in this congregation, like me, have felt that if we are all parts of the body of Christ, have thought that they may be the appendix. People have heard that you are part of the body. Nobody really knows what you do. The only time they know where you are is when you're sick. And if God just removed you, would the rest of the body even know that you had been gone? Sorry, that's how my mind works. Now to the sermon. When the Northwest Coast Presbytery took possession of Campbell Farm, I was asked to take care of some deferred maintenance. One day I was there working on some water damage in the Hops Building. For those of you who have never been to Campbell Farm, the Hops Building is an old Hops elevator that has been converted to a kind of convention hall with a commercial kitchen, bathrooms, and eating area, and bunk beds scattered throughout the building in a variety of rooms. Since I was the only one staying there and I was going to be there for five days, I took the bunk bed closest to where I was working in the heated part of the building. In the morning, I could just get up, put on my clothes and be working in a matter of minutes. And I could leave my sleeping bag on the bed as I left. Late one afternoon, as I moved about in my mental work zone, I walked past my bunk and did one of these numbers. Not trusting my senses, I looked again. There sleeping on my bunk was a young woman. After thinking about it, I thought that I should just let her sleep. 
About an hour later, as I walked into the room, the young woman was there sitting on the edge of the bed. I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Warren. I'm here doing some repairs on the building. She introduced herself saying, hi, I'm Ashley. Carmen and Deanna helped out my family. My parents are here doing some work. I just had the school bus drop me off here. She said that she was a junior in high school. Then she looked at me and asked if this was my sleeping bag. I said that it was. She said that she was sorry and that she should have asked if she could sleep on it. Then she said that she was eight months pregnant and that she just needed to sleep a lot. Over the next couple of weeks, I saw and talked to Ashley several times. About three months later, as I was talking to Deanna, I asked how Ashley was doing. Deanna said that Ashley had had a baby girl and that she was doing okay. It was then that Deanna threw me an unexpected curveball. She said, Warren, you should spread some love on Ashley. You could host a baby shower for her at your house. Carmen and I could bring her over. After shaking off the dust and thinking about it for a while, I said, sure. I thought, how hard could this be? I invite some of you to the baby shower and Connie takes care of all the details. My plan was working well until about five the morning of the baby shower. The care facility where Connie's mother was living called and said that Connie's mom's health had taken a turn for the worst and that she was being transported to the Overlake Hospital in Bellevue. Connie looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I need to be there for my mom. So you'll have to take care of the baby shower on your own. I was doing well until about nine when panic set in. I then did what I usually do when it comes to details regarding events with Campbell Farm. I called a couple women from the congregation. Macy Walschenbach and Susan Sprague both laughed and said, we got you covered. After all the guests had arrived, introductions were done and a meal was served. It came time to open gifts. Deanna said, oh, so Ashley can open her gifts. We'll have Grandpa Warren hold the baby. As the baby and I sat in the living room, I admired her coal black hair, her matching peach colored pants and top, and how she fit comfortably in my hands. We could hear the sisterhood of mothers in the dining room passing on information a young woman would need to know. Information about breastfeeding, colicky babies, onesies, etc., etc. After a short time, my nervous shaking and the mother's milk took their effect. The baby fell asleep. As I looked at the baby, I couldn't help but to wonder, what was God thinking when he gave that last push, sending this child from his realm of creation into ours? Was he thinking the psalmist had taught us not to fear, that even in the darkest of times that he would be there? He had Mark teach us not to worry, that he even clothed the lilies of the field. Jesus taught us the golden rule. Did God think what could go wrong? I think God is more of a realist than that. I think that is why God has made all of us a part of the body of Christ. For surely using a sports metaphor, God knew that this child had three strikes against her before she even had a chance to bat. 
I knew she had three strikes against her as she lay there sleeping in my hands. Her biological father, having done his part to raise a child, was no longer in the picture. I knew that the household she was born into did not earn enough money to get above the poverty line. Statistics say that if you are born into poverty, the odds are that you will live most of your life in poverty. And finally, in a world that can hand out merits and demerits based on where a person's ancestors came from, this girl's ancestors came from the wrong continent. As I thought about it, I wondered, what can I, we, do to help this child? I've heard it said that if a person prays to God for patience, God will often give them a situation where they need to practice patience. Sometimes when I pray to God for him to help Campbell Farm, I wonder if he doesn't think, Warren, I've given you hands and feet and means. What more do you need? To help this child, I thought the first thing that we can do is support Carmen and Deanna in their work. For here are two fantastic women who have, with the help of other parts of the body of Christ, have turned a part-time summer camp into a year-round center of humanity in a valley that so needs that humanity. Two women who have taken over an organization that could not pay them their wages in the month of December, and yet turn it into a viable organization with a loving staff that who have partnered with many organizations, including the University of Washington, a Yakima hospital, the Presbytery, and many more. And here are two incredible role models in a community that so needs them. We can support them with our prayers, reach out to them with our encouragement, and of course, with our finances, our money. I think that when the eyes that see and the hearts that feel the pain and suffering of a community can motivate those of us with hands and means to open our wallets, I think those of us with hands get the better part of the deal. The generosity of this congregation and the friends of this congregation never cease to amaze me. When Campbell Farm needed a van in stone soup fashion, you came together to host a fundraiser that raised $22,000 to buy a van. A van that throughout the pandemic helped and is presently helping to deliver 400 meals a day. With a second fundraiser, again, in stone soup fashion, you raised $27,000 for playground equipment. Due to COVID, we haven't yet been able to install the playground, but Carmen and Deanna are happy to announce that the playground equipment has been ordered and should be installed in September. The ways we can help this child through Campbell Farm are many. We can help with diaper supply. Last fall, when about 30 of us went to Campbell Farm to pick apples, I told Carmen that I was bringing my trailer and asked, was there anything she needed? She said that they were about out of diapers and wipes, that they needed all sizes from birth to four. These are supplies that parents can come to the farm to get. When the parents arrive, they are greeted by someone who checks in with them. How are things going? Do you have enough food? Does anyone in your house have COVID, etc., etc.? Pre-pandemic, one day a week, the mothers and children could get health 
checkups with a doctor, a partnership set up with a Yakima hospital. With some calls and your generosity, we soon had $1,250 to buy diapers and wipes. I told the Campbell Farm Board that Connie and I had fun going to Costco to buy them. We had two of those big flat carts stacked over our heads. And as we went from the back of the store where the diapers are to the cash register, when anybody would give us a look, I just said, Catholics, we're Catholics. At that board meeting, Carmen said that their diaper supply was again running low. With a few texts and your generosity, I was able to call Carmen the next day and have Costco deliver $2,250 of diaper supplies. This is the one change I made. As long as Deanna and Carmen's spirit are there with their vision for Campbell Farm, there will be help for this child. Besides meals, diapers, and refuge, there will be after-school study programs, summer programs, STEM classes, college tours, event trips. Talking to Deanna this week, she was super excited about a new grant they just got with money to help the kids in their program apply to colleges. As I reread my sermon this morning, I couldn't help but to see the absolute irony in this next sentence. Carmen and Deanna are skillfully guiding a ship that often, due to current circumstances, needs to shift course. At the shower, when the gift openings was done, Ashley came over and thanked me for hosting the shower and for the gift that Connie had picked out. I said that it was the least that I could do and told her that she had a beautiful baby. As I handed her baby back, two things struck me. One, how this child does in life, where she lives, where she eats, how she does in school is so dependent on her young mother and how the body of Christ with its many parts supports them. Second, these two children, the baby and her young mother, are but two of the hundreds of children whose lives are affected in a positive way by Carmen and Deanna and a staff at Campbell Farm. So, now back to the original question. Why do we have the feeling of wholeness on some days and not others? The night of the baby shower, I found myself not giving thanks to God for all that he had given me. I found myself giving thanks to God for all that he has given through me. Reflecting on those days, as Deanna said, we use our hands and feet to spread some love, some of God's love. I think that at the end of the day, God leaves a little bit of his love right here in our hearts, in each and every one of us. I would like to end with a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today for all the parts of the body. We give special thanks to the eyes and the hearts that inspire us to use our hands and feet to help spread your love in the world. We pray this in your son's holy name. That is my sermon. I want to end by saying that Carmen was one of the most caring, loving, wonderful human beings I have ever had the pleasure of associating with. She had the ability to help all of us to see and care for those in need. 
Finally, I believe that her daughter, Deanna, has been cut from the same caring, loving cloth. So I ask that you keep her in your prayers as you pray. Thank you.